to talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it. They're gonna get better, like over time. So we're gonna. We, I feel like sometimes at people from Chicago, or being Chicago fans, or if you're a Cub fan, you think about this core and you you just you kind of hone in on them and you just don't look at moves that were made around them as well as other teams. Down, down, distance, down in distance. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the final Down in Distance podcast of 2016. It's only right that we have. Everybody, the whole fam in the studio, Jared Payton, alongside my man Sean Davis, SD2 Mike's on Twitter. I'm at Payton Sun, P A Y T O N S U N. We got to give a shout out to our sponsor, though, of Down and Distance, Gage Diamonds, specializing custom engagement rings with certified hand selected diamonds for exquisite design that will last a lifetime. 0% financing for 12 months. Gage Diamonds, engagement's middle name in Chicago's vibrant River North Bridal District. Go to gagediamonds.com. Sean Davis, man, I'm I'm I, I'm not long winded today, man. We got we got we got a lot of stuff to get into today, and you sent me and we cut it short. Well, we cut it short. Yeah, we could have done four hours today. Ah, well, we got to get into it, man. The, the stage is yours, man. I'm just here to participate as always. Uh, <laughs> end of the year. Final podcast where we pretty much review everything in sports, music, and culture. And uh, we try to have everybody that were on the podcast or contributed to the podcast over the last year. And we have five guests in studio today. So we're going to start off to my left, BC, Mr. Crawl4D on Twitter. Pretty much every publication you can imagine. Matter yeah. of fact, just wrote a really dope series on uh, Chicago legends, high school legends, for men and women, a Chicago Red Eye. Shout out for that because I thought what, that was a very dope series you, do, you just did. Man, what what not, don't you do? The agitator in chief is in the building. Oh. <laughs> we got I nicknames. Can, listen, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Next to him, well, I'll just introduce Joe and Scott, 79th and Hallis, the hot podcast, man. Look, if you want some real raw sports talk, music talk, yeah. and just culture talk, go right now. Follow these cats. Scott underscore CEO of SUH and Flows and Dulini. And we on iTunes now. Flo and Dulini, right? Flows and Dulini. Flows and Dulini. I never knew how to on pronounce Twitter. that. I ain't going to That's from Godfather. And okay. that voice you just heard right there, none other, Chicago's own. He's a legend. He doesn't even know he's a legend, but man, that, dude is, okay. that dude is that dude is that it. dude is an icon, man. Look. That too many times. <laughs> you, you, we go back five to six years sitting on State Street in the studio. This guy told us about trends five, six years ago that are just hitting the day. True. That's real talk. Humble brag. That's real talk. Pam told me I got a humble brag. Artists that that performed on your show before they popped off. Before they popped. BC was there. Yeah. Bang was telling them he's going to pop. He's going to hit. Mm -hmm. People are like, we don't see it. Right now, he's probably the hottest independent artist. Period. Let's Shout not talk. Out. Let's not we'll talk get, about that. We'll get into that. Let's not talk about that. But Shout I'm just letting home, everybody man. know this guy oh, is a trendsetter. He is. J.R. Bang. J.R. Bang. Radio I would take one. All of that because St. Louis, D.C., yeah. Philly, Baltimore, Baltimore. I'm gonna take all that though because I I was told I got to start humble bragging. So hey, I'm gonna start doing. Listen, that. man. Each one of you that's in this room is doing big things, man. So that's what's up, and that, it's only right to be able to. To end this year, 2016, as we were talking before the podcast started, just about 
all the people that are leaving this earth in 2016, man, like legends in their craft and what they do. It's mind boggling to start thinking about, man, time speeding up as we get older. Right. And so for us in this entire year, a lot of stuff has happened in 2016 sports and music. I think we need to kind of break it down. Sean, you had the list and I looked at the list and at the top, it had the Chicago Cubs at the top. It's the biggest story of the year. Just because it's the biggest story story of the year. Of the year when we look at, especially being here in Chicago, and you talk about a World Series, getting to a World Series, what it means for this city, for Cubs fans, but also a Game 7 that, like, I mean, you just, when you you say Game 7 in any sport, when you're talking about it, it, it brings up some type of emotion where you're like, it's real. And it didn't disappoint at all in that Game 7, the Cubs, versus the Cleveland Indians. So much went on, but for me it was it was the culmination of everything that happened that entire year. And Sean, one of the things that you had written down was was kind of like the memory. And for me the memory started. I know everybody has a memory of that game 7 and through, you know, the postseason. I knew things were jumping off with this Cubs team, when they felt a little bit relaxed, even though they knew that they had that bullseye on their back, because, listen, I've been in that situation before. 2001, coming into that season, everybody's like, y'all going to win this championship. And it's it's hard not to listen. And, and bang, you were talking about, you know, bragging a little bit. Gotcha. I mean, I'm on South Beach, walking into uh, clubs, and I see heat, heat players out there waiting like, hey, Haynes, can we come in with you? <laughs> Bro, y'all can come in. Like, right? It's hard not to, like, feel yourself. Me. Right? Yeah, they with me. Y'all buying bottles, though. I mean, right. we, we, <laughs> I'm using my cane card to swipe for all my food. <laughs> you buy bottles. Right. And, and to not have, you know, to, to start really feeling yourself. And it, I think it was watching these guys in spring training enjoy themselves, doing the karaoke, mm. uh, starting the Grandpa the Ross uh yeah, the Grandpa Ross uh, Instagram account and them having fun doing that. A special year. But when you guys think about this year for the Cubs in 2016, what's the first thing that jumps to your mind? Uh, look, man, I'm not going to even front. Everything that you just said, I don't know nothing about. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. Not even a baseball It's all good. Fan. It's all like, good. You know, I'm a, I'm a casual Cubs fan. I but, understand. You know, for me. I think the thing that stands out to me the most about this entire season is like just, you know, just hearing the buzz and seeing the buzz and feeling the buzz and somewhere in the back of my mind thinking, man, they probably not going to do it. Cause you know, we, we've been here before. We've seen this movie before where, you know, you had good Cubs teams even last year. We thought they was going to do it and they pulled it out. Um, but you know, obviously game seven was classic, man. I'm, you know, I'm like, when I say a casual baseball fan, I'm like a casual basketball fan. I'm that dude that'll, you know, turn the game on the last two minutes. I'm one of those types of, you know, not necessarily basketball fan, but in relation to baseball. So I watched, you know, the playoffs and that game seven, man, when that when that rain came in, I was like, yo, like they got this. I just remember sitting up, man, and just my heart was just beating fast because it was like I wanted to see them do it. I wanted to see them win. So for them to pull it out, you know, and, and see the turn up in the city, man, and, you know, to go through Wrigleyville and see all those people out there, that was dope, man. You, what was it? A hundred and how many years? Nine. Hundred and eight. Hundred and eight yeah, years. Hundred and eight. Like that's, <laughs> man. That's a party that's been waiting to happen for a minute, man. So you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a Southsider. Um, I'm a Southside casual Cubs fan. My grandfather was a Cubs fan, so you know, it was good to see the team. You know, it's always good to see Chicago pull it out and win a championship. So for me, hundred eight years, man. You, 
You can't beat that. You can't you can't script that anymore. Oh, Sox fans in the building though. Yeah, Sox fans knows? in the building. This is this <laughs> this is uh we talked already. We yeah. but we talked this was this was pre this was pre yeah. World we're series. a series. Yeah. yeah. So I mean this the conversation was if they get there, how big is it going to be? Is it going to trump, you know, the bear, all that stuff. And we had that conversation and you guys left with a little bit of a different, you know, thought. Now when you see how everything unfolded, you still feel the same way? No, I, I still think it's, it's very big for the city. I, was, I don't think it's going to surpass 85 no. Bears hype anymore, any longer. But I think uh, when you was talking about, like, what word do you think? I think kind of like dominance. Like, this is a team that was number one from the first day of the season. And I kind of think just the way they came back. And it was also kind of funny to me that you had a Cleveland team in the Cavs in the NBA coming back from 3-1. And then in baseball, they blow a 3-1 lead. Like, to me, that was super funny. And game seven was just a classic game. Like, I remember, I think it was uh, Rajay Davis hit the two-run homer. Yeah. To tie the game. And then I actually think the rain delay was the best thing to happen to the Cubs. Oh, it's the best thing. Like, the momentum was all on the Indian side. I don't believe in momentum too much in baseball. But with this particular situation, it was, like, all on the Indian side. And then they had, like, a little timeout, and the Cubs just came out right away. And I think it was big for them. And, I think it's a team that's going to compete for a nice little minute. I think they'll be racking back in the World Series next year. You know, when it comes to the Cubs, I think I was the one who said they would be bigger than 85 Bears. I'm going to retract that statement. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I, you don't you know think what? so? I, 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 no, <laughs> really? See, I was, I was born in 1990, so, of course, I did not get to witness it. But I still know of the 85 legacy. My mother and father will – I'll see a game with them. They'll walk in and say, mm. They'll walk out and say, what are they, 85? They'll still talk about it to this day. Now, the Cubs – are de- very dominant, but I don't know if their dominance matches 85. No. Yeah, I-, I watched the games, and I saw what they did. I mean, the playoffs looked like the- a breeze yeah. from what I was watching. I mean, how many points did they give up total? Maybe, what, 14 or something? Yeah, I'm not I sure. think so. But the Cubs are definitely a top Chicago team all time. But Yeah, that would that would I- never happen just yeah. off of the strength of Super Bowl two- shuffle. No, nah, not no. even that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that, but it's the, the attention spans we have now is just so quick now. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So it always be in our minds that the Cubs won the World Series. When we debate with Sox Cub stuff, you know, we are always we now we can both debate with each other and, and both of us have a ring in our lifetime. Ain't nothing getting ain't nothing bigger than Chicago Bears winning in nineteen eighty five. With that being said, um I was in St. Louis last year and to see the people in St. Louis get so hurt that they lost to the Cubs in the NLDS. Yeah. It wasn't just that they were hurt because they lost. They were hurt because they know it's switched. It's over, it's yeah. over for us for a while. Because they own the Cubs for forever. Yeah. Yeah. So so when they when we end up I'm gonna say we because I don't want no rapping rapper getting mad at me talking about some, you know, we ain't together. Rapper. Yeah, rapper, rapper. It was rapper, rappers that was mad and upset that White Sox fans wasn't together with Cubs fans. Oh, and they, yeah, yeah, And they yeah. feel like that's the reason the rap scene. Yeah, that was rapping, rapper saying rapper, that. But rapper. I digress. You know, um, the Cubs, when they lost to the Mets, I said to people in St. Louis, it's over. Because you just gave them a little bit of success. So now that they have it. I can almost guarantee that the Cubs win three and five. Mm. The team is too young yeah. to not go back and win a couple of more. That's when the, the whole this team is bigger than might come. But for it to happen, 
especially in a year where, you know, people will be like, you know, if the Cubs win, you might as well look up because the world's going to end. The world didn't end, <laughs> but a whole bunch of people died. And Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> so, Isn't that crazy? It, like, it's crazy. Yeah. But you look back and you just say, man, it was incredible for it to happen in the way that it happened. How did it happen with the rain, the rain delay? Jason Hayward talking to the team, seven games. Cleveland losing the 3-1 lead. Like, Golden State lost the 3-1 lead. Karma, all that stuff. It was Perfect storm. Perfect so, storm. Great moment for the city. Great moment for sports, period. It's going to be a yes. fire 30 for 30 in the couple. Yes, it is. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> if they're doing 30 Listen, for 30. Listen, if they're doing 30 for 30, <laughs> yeah, already the um, the Cubs DVD that they released, uh, like the World Series oh, they, DVD. they released yeah. that already? Yeah, we that got that from my son for, for Christmas. And just popping it in for the first 15 minutes, you're like, this – I didn't is, even, for it, me, it's it's I didn't real. Even know they still do that. Yeah, yeah man, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty. Sports Illustrated I don't know if it's Sports too. Illustrated, but it's just. I mean, I it, think it's, it's like MLB. It's yeah. one of those MLBs that, uh, and the Cubs, and just to hear the stories. Uh, and I want to go back because, bang, you were talking about the, the the moment, like having one of those moments for the city, and you know, I, you think about how this team is going to be set up. Who said it, Scott? Who said uh, you think they're going to be lined up for the whole for the next couple of years? Yeah, three to back, five. Right? Yeah. All right, three so out of five. Th- we think about this, and I started just looking at the ages, which is crazy to me. You have Almore and Addison Russell, both twenty-two years old, right? Kyle Schwarber and Javi Baez, twenty-three years mm-hmm. old. Wilson Contreras and Chris Bryant, both guys. One guy, the MVP, both twenty-four years old. So we're talking about this young core. They're not even in their prime. Yet. They're not even yeah. in their prime. It, it's scary to think about maybe how good Chris Bryant can be, which that we're talking about. A, he's a youngster still. I'm going to break this down for you real quick. Break it down. <laughs> They're at that age, right? They're set up in a way that when one of them even looks like they're starting to break down when they turn 28, 29, you can trade them and get yep. more young prospects from another team because they'll be thirsty to get them. Yeah. The Cubs are set up for, we're talking about 10 years. 10 years. Contending. Yeah. But they're set up it's, for a good 15, 20 possibly when you think okay. about how you can trade and get other prospects, but, get them young but, and come up. But we, even saw, we, just, we saw even in already in the offseason, we've started to see other teams, you know it, – it, they, they're going to get better, like over time. So we're going. We, I feel like sometimes at, from sh- people from Chicago or being Chicago fans, or if you're a Cub fan, you think about this core and you you just you kind of hone in on them and you don't look at moves that were made around them as well. As other teams. I mean, Cleveland's going to be w- going to yeah. be well good for the next couple of years. And they got uh, Edwin. In yeah, Carnacion. Carnacion. So yeah. I mean, so that's my biggest thing. Can they get there? Yes. How hard is it? You see the struggle to win. This year was tough. But you know what, though, Jay? And hold up. Luck, though. Let me get to tell you. Luck is is a big thing because they didn't have any big injuries to any of those guys that I was talking about. They weren't out for long, extended periods, amount of time. Well, Schwarber. Schwarber, Except except for Schwarber. But they but were so deep. They're so deep that it was that it was all good. <laughs> Can they sustain that? Can they have that luck on their side for the next five, six years? You know what? I don't. I don't even really think it's luck, man. I think. I think this this World Series and this you know this run that the Cubs had, particularly over the last two years, is like a you know it it turned the page into a new chapter of Cubs history, right? Because prior to the World Series, 
The only thing we had been talking about was the curse, the curse, the curse, the curse. That's all that we've ever talked mm -hmm. about. And then they get these bunch of young guys in there who don't care nothing about that, who, you know, who just want to play baseball for the joy of the game. And now they've actually, you know, reached the mountaintop. They've won the World Series. So I think you take that, and now you're writing a whole new chapter of Cubs history. So, like you said, bang, they might be set up for the next 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like we in a we in a – we at the next phase of like Cubs baseball, right. to me, in my opinion. You know, like that old Billy Goat curse and it's all old. that other stuff. That's a wrap, man. Like, this team is one. These young guys have experience winning. They know what it's like. They know how hard it is to win, like you said, JP. And I think a lot of that is going to carry over and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rewrite the rewrite the book, so to speak. Also, it's something that people in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, seen that I think we're starting to see now, even when it comes to a lot of sports, sustained excellence. You know, you got Tyron Lue talking about um, this might the, the the Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors might be the new Boston and L.A. I agree with that. You got the Cubs doing what they're doing. You have the Blackhawks doing what they have done. Um, so that's that's in all sports. What Alabama is doing in college football, which is phenomenal. Is, so it's yeah. it's like here we you go. Think BC. about the nineties, and you think about the nineties, the eighties. That that. Then after that, that period of the 2000s where it just seems like everybody was talking about parody. It was the big word. But now it looks like we're going to that term of sustained excellence yeah. that we didn't see. But now we're probably going to start seeing. And then when we're getting old, we can tell our kids, like, yeah, the, the Cubs was winning every year. Every year we knew they was going to go. Listen, it was bang, like a to, to, how it used to be, bang, to your point about the sustained excellence and having all of these young guys, I see three clear advantages for the Cubs to be able to compete over the next decade. One is that most of these young guys are signed up through yeah. 2020, yeah. 2021. I mean, so we don't have, even have to have these conversations for another five years. Yeah. Two is that the game plan from the jump, and it has obviously worked, is to build up the position players, build it through the farm system, buy your arms. And if that's your game plan, then you're always going to be in a position to fill in that extra piece, whether that's Araldus Chapman or John Lester, you know, whether you're going for the, for the bullpen or for a starter. And three, we now have the mystique that our guys are going to be good. So they now have more value just by virtue of being in our system. Mm -hmm. When other teams look at our guys, they go, oh, well, is this the next Elmore? Is this the next Schwarber? Is this, you know, Theo, he must know something. That you can't put a price on. That is huge in the sustainability. Well, I, I love the fact that you talked about um, not having those conversations. Like, you, you don't have to – that's the hardest part when you're trying to build something that's super great because there's always that turnover. But when you have cores, and we've seen it in other situations where you're going to – for the Blackhawks, they had to pay for it, yeah. right? Now now you have to look at how their cap is kind of – NHL cap is kind of set up. But you still have Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Kane. You got a core. You got a core. And if you can have that core and you don't have to touch that core, then you can build around them and how they've won. You just talked about it. We got to go out and find another arm. It might not be a role as Chapman, but we got, you know what I mean? So you just got to fill in pieces there once you have that core. To me, it's probably one of the, it's the best way to be set up. It's harder to do. And I think we're starting to see, especially with the South side, trying to figure out what, about time. What, what's <laughs> next? You know what I mean? Like, 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 what's next? And, man. I kind of think even what Bang was saying about how, like, uh, like for this, like, kids who are young Cub fans, they're not going to remember – 
the era before them. All they remember is going to be yeah, winning. And I kind of think that goes to changing the culture. And um, that's kind of like what uh, basically what Theo did. Like, I remember a lot of people got on Theo for not going out to get Albert Pujols, not getting Prince Field about five years ago. And he was like, you know, just chill. I got this. And that's kind of like what happened with the Blackhawks. Like, people forget the Blackhawks didn't even come on TV for a nice little minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. they got, they drafted Taze, and they drafted Kane. And before you know it, this team, they're number one in the National uh, Hockey League right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They've been having a lot of injuries, but it's that culture to the fact where they're kind of like the Spurs were. Where, like, as long as they get in the playoffs, it doesn't even matter what seed they are. And eventually, like, with the Cubs, I think what you're going to start seeing is they might be the next Yankees. What we saw with Jeter and, and Pettig and, you know, the Even core four like pretty much. Yeah. With Mickey Mantle and yeah. all of them cats. I'm looking I'm looking to that. Yeah, hey, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But, no. I, I'm <laughs> it, I mean, it has that it has it that has promise, that, though. Yeah. It has that, that promise, right, though. That's why I said sustained excellence. Like, this team, I mean, we say well, let's not get ahead of ourselves because we ain't never seen it. Right. <laughs> but our grandparents saw it. When you went into the season, you knew the Yankees was going to win the pennant. And if they didn't, that means somebody was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and they ain't feel like playing in the playoffs or in the World Series. Like, that's what I mean by sustained excellence. I don't, I don't see a reason for this team not to win three out of five. Let me ask, you guys, let me ask you guys this. Did anyone else get the feeling during this season that history was irrelevant? That it still existed but no longer had a factor on what was happening at Wrigley Field. No, I didn't believe because that I always <laughs> had as a Cubs fan. I always had that nervous energy when something, uh oh, that here it comes well, energy. And that was that Roger Davis home. That was well, that yeah, dude. That, that was it was big, it was that was the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know it was before that. Was, it was it was Game Three. I was. It was Game Three. I was at Game Three at home and just the the feeling of walking into Wrigley. Right. And sitting around people that were sitting like, sitting down and having a good time, and then listening to people who were nervous. That I mean, I've never heard that place so quiet in my entire life. It was that that, that was the moment for me going, oh crap. That was the preparation for the expectation of losing. That, that the Cubs that yes. has hovered yeah. over the Cubs forever. That I, I, game three was it was crazy, man. Like silent. Go ahead, my bad. I, no, I would say I think history was irrelevant more so to the players. They looked so calm, even yeah. when they got down 3-1. Like, I, I, I hate the Cubs. You know, I'm a Sox fan. But at the same time, it got to a point where I said, okay, I don't want them to lose now. I want this for the city. I was okay with it. But they looked way too calm. I said, history's irrelevant to them. To other Cubs fans, they still look nervous. I, I would think I was watching Michael Wilbon tweet and was on ESPN. Yeah, oh, my goodness. It was just Up and down, up and right. down, we yeah. We got this news. Whoop, curse is back again. And I was like, hmm. And, like, my mother, diehard Cubs fan, she <laughs> cried when they won. And she was like, oh, not again. And I was like, okay. I can understand. I mean, it was 108 years. But for me, if I was a Cubs fan, I would look to the players to see how they were reacting. And they just, Chris Bryant, uh, Rizzo, they just looked calm. Like, we got this. Even they were down 3-1. But you know what, though? There's a difference between, like, if you like, if you're an old Cubs fan or you followed the team for years and you've experienced all of those disappointing moments – it's a little bit different than, you know, if you are, you know, a young guy on the roster or, you know, you are young or a new Cubs fan. Well, you don't know about – you kind of heard about it. You don't really care about that. Like, you're taking the team for what it is at face value, for how they're performing on the field. And I think that's what those guys did. You know, every year, man, like every year from up until like the past few years, every year there was some mention of the curse at some point. You know, at some point the curse became a point of conversation. And with these guys – 
they didn't care nothing about that. Like, no. even if you asked them about that, they was like, that's, I don't know. Kids don't care. It's yeah, funny. Care, right? It's funny you talk care. about the youth, but I can't. The way things played out in that game seven, that home run, seeing the Rodas in the dugout during the rainstorm, and it's like what happened in the locker room stopped what could have been coming. Like, you could sense it coming back, even for them. Maybe that was the first time where they actually realized, like, man, it might be something to this curse thing. Right. This is yeah. – we had this. This is crazy. And it took them getting together in the locker room to say, yo, it's, no, we're not doing that. And I think it probably – I haven't heard anyone say this, but I bet it probably also took somewhat of an outsider in Jason Hayward to say that. Oh, I mean goodness. that because I was just about it's to say his, it. his first year on the team. Yeah. And because of his performance – to step he up. had been sort of separated from the bunch when people are talking about the great talent. But that shows you the bogus, greatness of the but, locker I mean, room, right? That, that shows you the greatness of the locker yeah, room? Absolutely. That somebody of that ilk that had not been performing up to what we thought he should have been performing up to or the expectations to be able to walk in the middle of guys like Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Rizzo Jake, gain their attention and say, yo, we got this. Let's I've go. Been terrible. Right. But let's yo, go. I, 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 I suck. Listen, I'll be honest. But let's go. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I could have done that. That's like Brock Berlin walking into the middle of your hub <laughs> down in Miami. You already know it what un- the looks. It's unexpected, right? No, I'm that's for like, real. That's no, like, that's like that's like Chris Paul calling up LeBron, like, "Yo, this is what you need to do in the finals." Like, <laughs> right, exactly. There you I go. Mean, you had exactly you right. had to get your Chris Paul <laughs> dig in, didn't you? <laughs> Hey, no. I think we can all agree, though, if the rain don't happen, the Cubs probably lose that game. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with it's that. it's, it's a possibility. It's a it's it's the question. momentum has shifted. Like, that Rajay Davis home I think it was, was in the like, cards for them to win, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I, you know, I don't really like to project out too much like that. But just the way everything happened, like you come down from 3-1, and then, you know, you got Cleveland on the run, and then the rain happened. They pulled a tarp out. Like, you can't script that better than well, that, I think with every championship run in any sport, there's a pivotal moment. Like, even in NBA Finals, if Draymond Green don't get suspended, I think that series is over in five. Like, I don't even think they come back to Cleveland. Right. So, it's like you have, like, these little breaks as a team that you got to take advantage of. So, but maybe if, the rain delay If it was a fifth, we all be drunk. That's, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Let's so go. before we get to our next topic, we got to next five years over under. I'm gonna put it at two and a half. I'm going I, and, with, and I'm five going years. Over. How many championships do the Cubs have? I'm going over because I already over. Said three you think they'll have three and five? Yeah, uh, I probably say like two and five. I'll say two and five. Two, two and five. Total, I'll take three. Three, two. two. I want to say one only. You can say one. Look, <laughs> and before we go to the next topic, man. I took a lot of heat because really? before, remember when they made all the moves, I think they had picked up Zobras. Yeah. I think Bang was on this thread last December. Well, I pretty much said, look, I don't understand all the excitement. The Cubs are pretty much the Cleveland Indians of the 90s right now. It's like yeah. you talking about this lineup that, like, dude. And I want Cubs fans, everybody to know how tenuous winning a World Series is. The margin for error is so small. So small. Literally, I trust Theo. So I'm going to go ahead and say three. Mm. And the only reason I say three is because I trust Theo every year to make the right move. All right? All right. There is no World Series without a Rodas Chapman. Yes. Period. I know. Period. Down three run, if they didn't have that horse to go to for multiple innings for three straight games, they don't win the World Series. He's gone now. Okay. So who replaced 
People don't understand. They got open as a closer, as a closer. Davis, right? Yeah. Right? No, he was at, was he the closer? He was yeah, the closer. He's been hurt. He like yeah. a record. Yeah, he's a record. Yeah. I forgot he's the record. Right, cool. The best on the market. But with his arm, if they get in a situation, can he go multiple innings? That's saturated. Back-to-back game. You just listen, don't know, man. And look, the under. Indians, this is how t- – Cubs are the best team, right? We all agree. Mm-hmm. From yeah. day one. Yeah. They won seven games with a team that was at like 70%. Yeah, Look, that is I true. think, you know, to that point that you it's just That's the challenge of winning a World and Series. it's the same thing, though. It's like you, you, you have to take advantage. It almost didn't win, but almost you have to didn't. take advantage even, of, your, of that situation. Even the Indians, I think the Cubs have an easier path to the World Series. Like, the Indians going to have to deal with the Red Sox. Red Sox oh, got a nice yeah. I don't know, dude. The Cubs division. The Cubs division, dude. I mean, who, who in the Cubs? Let me tell you. Let me, no, no, no. I see where you're going with this. This is this. It's not about talent. See, if we just look at talent on paper, of course it looks like an easier path. The problem is the way to beat the Cubs, that's what they have to face. They're going to face teams with really good pitching staffs. Listen, to, look, to really the point you made about staff. Theo Epstein, and I think I think right now, I mean, he's 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 gotten to the point where you can't even question the dude, right? You know what Pretty I'm saying? Much. Like anything he do, you just gotta trust yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. See what he did, because you see what he did in Boston. Yep. He turned that around. Yep. And he comes to Chicago and turned this around. Yep. So it's like he's earned whatever benefit of the doubt that you give him. Like, and he's got you, pieces. Like you know, even if you, you know, even if he pick up somebody and you like, what the hell is this? Like I don't understand that? this. Yeah. Just rock with it. Because the way Davis <laughs> moved was a really shrewd, yeah. smooth move. Just rock with it. Yeah. I like that move. Yeah. To me, if you gonna lose Chapman. That's the best guy on the market. I, don't, I think that's a nice addition to him. 